Nikki and Fishy here from Cultrify, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. Through our series, we'll debunk culture stereotypes through the voices of international students studying in the United States. With more people than ever are embracing their backgrounds and identity, we aspire to define cultural sensitivity and shift paradigms by sharing our experiences in this little world. So, when it comes to the food people eat, many cultures are subject to general stereotypes. Well, I find this profoundly wrong because the food we eat represents who we are and where we come from. I mean, it's understandable that no one person can know about every single food in every single country, but it should still be encouraged that people have an open mind when learning about different cultures. And people should adapt new cultures in a correct, the most authentic way, in my opinion. So food stereotypes surround us everywhere we go. So, yo, dude, do you remember the very first week of our freshman year? We got welcomed with <laughs> Vietnamese ramen and Mongolian glazed tofu, which does not exist at all. Hmm. <laughs> it was as if they decided to spin a wheel of names and labeled some somewhat Asian-looking food with our country names. It was rather intriguing that they offered Vietnamese ramen and Mongolian glazed tofu instead of items on the menu like American mac and cheese or American hash browns. So, what's your take on the Vietnamese ramen? <laughs> I mean, I hope that everyone knows that ramen is a word that comes from Japanese or even like ramyun from East Asia of South Korea. So it was weird for me to see like them slapping like Vietnamese ramen when the term ramen did not even come from our country, nor is it like made authentically in Vietnam. And what about you with Mongolian glazed tofu? <laughs> I have so much things to start with. Oh my god. Firstly, Mo- Mongolians, we, we, as a nation, we don't produce tofu. Secondly, we don't glaze any of our food, like at least in the traditional food, in a traditional manner. Third, the glazed tofu thing, it does not exist at all. Like if you like go to a random restaurant in Mongolia and order try to order that food oh my god the waiters and the restaurant owners would be like oh my god what is that (laughs) yeah so as for the vietnamese ramen they served was it actually vietnamese or at least a ramen like i said before we don't have vietnamese ramen to begin with like ramen is not a dish that we have in vietnam i mean i guess we do use a similar noodle for a similar dish we have but yeah it was definitely not it and i'm pretty sure the noodles they used were not ramen noodles either they just decided to like slap some noodles and a veggie broth and then call it vietnamese ramen right so dude do you remember like there came the chocolate croissants and uh, our french teacher and french teaching assistant almost had an epilepsy hearing this yes because chocolate croissant is not a dish that exists croissant is just um the rolled up pastry that is baked with just butter and it's just basically a bread and chocolate <laughs> chocolate croissant does not exist we only have what is called um pangnon chocolate or chocolatine in some places but yeah it's like bread with chocolate but chocolate croissants is definitely something that is very that was appropriate <laughs> i guess you could say <laughs> Well, every nation has some kind of food debate. Like, the French people, the Canadian people, they have like they're like, oh, pain au chocolat or ch- chocolatine. As for as for my country, like Mongolian, there's this dish called tung. It's more like a chow mein noodle dish, and it's like 
heavily debated whether it's right to use potatoes or cabbage. Do you have oh. some food debate in Vietnam? Oh, we do have some of it. We have this thing called um, bún đậu mắm tôm, and it's not. I guess it's not really debated because the main focus of the dish is like a um, shrimp paste. But some people have it with like fish sauce because they can't have that. So sometimes people would judge other if they can't have the shrimp paste. But there's like, at least to my knowledge, there is like no huge debate around food. We just like any food that is good. So when the tourist season arrives, like, what do tourists most likely try in Vietnam? What food? I would say the be- most well-known dish of ours is called pho or bánh mì. Yeah. So. Um, I've had pho here in the United States, and like they don't have the same noodles. The noodles at home would be like flat, and it would be like wider. Here, it's like vermicelli noodles, which is like a thin noodle, and bag me is just like a baguette with stuffing inside. So that's what normally tourists have, and I would say that it's very similar to Western food because both of those dishes were very much so inspired by. The French during the time of French colonization, but we have a lot more dishes like, um, that basically is I would say a lot more traditional that are not commonly tried by tourists. Do you feel like those Vietnamese food in the states are correctly representing Vietnam to other foreign people? I would say now it's definitely better than how it was. Perhaps ten years ago when I visited here, because there are a lot more like um like there's a bigger rise in basically Asian people wanting to open restaurants, and also the refugee community here is very large as well. But I think that a lot of it is definitely adapted to suit like the um the tastes in America. It's more oily in my opinion, and a lot of the um, it's the things with like the soil and plant uh, and like. Uh, agriculture here as well is that a lot of the vegetables and the seasoning are not as fragrant as it as it is at home. And how about yours? What do tourists in Mongolia usually have? If you have tourists, that is. I swear, every single tourist that comes to Mongolia tries tries this dish called hoshot. It's basically a fried beef patty dish, and sometimes they like uh, complement it with a milk tea. I feel like. It represents Mongolia in a correct way, but sometimes the way that they make hoshot is really debatable. And in America, Mongolian food—oh my god, there oh. is Mongolian food in America. <laughs> well, there are some restaurants in Mongolian restaurants in America, but oh, we saw one in DC. Yeah, but it isn't even owned by Mongolian people. It's just a sub like branch of Chinese food or Chinese American Chinese food, and it's like rather regarded as exotic food. That I'm in shock. Like whenever like I ran across a Mongolian restaurant with a temple or a pagoda design over it, I'm like, oh god, here we go again. <laughs> so turns out it's a widespread phenomenon that happens to all of us, and we're here to dive deep. Okay, and how did America become the hotspot for ethnic cuisine then? Uh, it was made possible by the Columbian Exchange, started none other than the Christopher Columbus himself over five hundred years ago, and it resulted in the exchange of diseases, animals, and food between people of the old world and the new world. So, thanks to him, foods like maize, potatoes, chili peppers, pumpkins, cassava, prickly pears, bananas, cacao. And the Thanksgiving staple, turkey, that now we are accustomed 
were available thanks to it. Thus, while having a significant influence on contemporary United States cuisine, African-American uh, culinary culture is still stereotyped. These preconce uh, preconceptions were so pervasive, and they still are, that they may even be found in the food that we consume. For example, companies like uh, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's finally decided to alter their racist packaging in 2020. So Foods, one of the most iconic American dishes, has a persistent reputation for being unhealthy. Uh, similar with the Italian food, though, Italians don't really put any cream or mushroom in their carbonara or pineapple in their pizzas. I heard there's like uh, fettuccine Alfredo isn't even Italian, Italian food at yeah. all. So what's your opinion on this? I think, oh, I heard there was a speech that basically talked about like refugees culture or like, you know, people who are not white Europeans moving here of that if we were to... So, like, if they were to push away all the refugees and also take away all their food, basically, there would be no seasonings left here. It would just be, like, salt and pepper because, like, cumin, spices, basically all of them uh, came from, like, refugees people. Also here in the States, most of, like, Asian or other ethnic cuisines are regarded as exotic food. And I don't think they should be labeled exotic because what do you mean by exotic? It refers to, like... As if we were people of the jungle or something. Oh, there's one more thing that I don't really like. Is that like the homogenizing all cultures. Like when they're referring to like Asian food. It's mostly just Chinese food. But it's like all of Asia. And then there's food that are not even in Asia. Like I've never seen orange chicken in China. It's really funny that Asian food and Indian food are separate categories. When India exists right. in Asia. <laughs> oh, and like even food in the Middle East, like they think it's a separate continent when like Middle East is the Middle East of Asia. Exactly, like hummus and like or even Jewish food, it's like a whole new separate category, which I'm really surprised by. So I think if the dishes are going to bear a national name on the label, I believe it must be like prepared authentically. And girl, if you're trying to cook glazed tofu, just call it a glazed tofu, not a Mongolian glazed tofu, to catch more attention. I feel like by labeling random dishes with country names, it's like trying to attract mass attention, like attention from white people. But like, it's kind of disrespectful for the people who actually like live there. I mean, I do appreciate efforts being made to like diversify the food that we have here. But why can't we just use like the normal names that comes with it like i know there are some countries have like a different um character system but like why can't we just call it the name as it is like why if we're not from the united states why does the name of the country has to be slapped on there with the food exactly dude and uh, maybe like 50 years later in that 50 or like 100 years later imagine if our uh, food recipe books get like discovered by our future generations and there Vietnamese ramen and Mongolian <laughs> oh, it would yeah. be awkward and also um, because we're studying in the United States I do acknowledge the fact that a lot of people don't have the privilege or the access to education that allows them to like know about these countries so when they come to a school like this and are exposed to our culture i guess they see oh like vietnamese ramen and mongolian glazed tofu are things that are eaten in those countries which is obviously not because it's kind of misinformation well we do have to give credit for trying but 
calling calling random food names with other country names, man, it ain't doing justice. And it's like different from Panda Express because the Panda Express is specified as Chinese American food culture, separate from our cases, you know? Right. They're trying to replicate our food, like authentic Asian food with our country's labels and they're misrepresenting it and we need to do something. Hmm. So what are the closing remarks for our listeners? I would say that um, don't like if you have any questions about what food is eaten where don't be afraid to ask people from those local places. I think most of them won't be accept like won't be upset. Um, in my experience being in a foreign place, I'm always very excited to share and to talk about my culture. Um, so that's for me. And like when I see people try to do something without consulting people from like those nations first and just try to replicate it on their own, it does feel a little bit respectful of just like, oh, we already have enough knowledge about your country, so we don't need to talk to you who live there about it anymore. And would you like to share anything with our listeners? Yeah, sure. So food is like a food is like what defines us like essentially and food is our home, food is our comfort. With with consuming our traditional food, we we sort of deal with deal with homesickness and we overcome hurdles. So I think it's important to do the best to create the authentic food dishes by by simply just asking us or just reaching out to us. I think that would be perfect. All right. Thank you for listening us. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.